0: Hola, bienvenidos a Spanish with Carrie podcast. In this podcast, you'll learn more than the language itself. You'll learn efficient and effective ways to practice so that you can reach your unique goals with Spanish. All this coming to you from somebody who became bilingual while not living in a Spanish-speaking country. Spanish is one of my passions and teaching is my calling. And I look forward to learning with you. Let's get into it. Se baila así, se goza más. Se baila así, se goza más. Se baila así, el ritmo de Puerto Rico. Se goza más, es el que me gusta más. Se baila así, de aquí para allá. Saludos desde y de Puerto acá, Rico. Acá, sí. Qué rico es poder decir eso, la verdad. Que sí. ¿Cómo están? Yo Estoy súper contenta, súper feliz de estar aquí. Estoy ahora en mi apartamento en Ponce, Puerto Rico. Estoy sentada en el escritorio improvisado que monté en lo que llega el, el escritorio que compré. Y no? I did all that on purpose because today in part two we'll look at the verb estar and those are all situations in which you will use estar instead of ser. We'll get into that in part two. In part one I want to share with you this fascinating article that I found last week that talks about how being bilingual affects your brain. Part one goes out to my nerds out there. I got love for my nerds because I'm one too. So there's a number of ways in which being bilingual impacts your cognitive functioning as well as your long term brain health. Check this out. Super fascinating science coming your way. So being bilingual or multilingual improves your overall executive functioning. What's that mean? Executive functions are the most complex brain functions. They refer to the ability to control, direct, and manage your attention, as well as your ability to plan. It also helps you ignore irrelevant information and focus on what's important. So a bilingual person has two languages in their brain that are automatically activated and are subconsciously activated. So the brain has to manage these two languages in order to not say the wrong word in the wrong language at the wrong time. That area of the brain that helps you to manage the two languages is also responsible for completing a task while there are distractions, for example. Maybe the task could have nothing to do with language, it could be trying to listen to something in a noisy environment or doing some visual task. But the muscle memory developed from using two languages can also apply to different skills that require focus and concentration and the ability to tune in to a task. Besides the functioning of it, a bilingual brain actually looks different than a monolingual brain. How so, you ask? More? Gray matter. I got your attention now, right? Nothing sexier than a little bit of gray matter, (laughs) y'all. The brain is made up of cells called neurons and each neuron has a cell body and little branching connections called dendrites. So gray matter is referring to how many cell bodies and dendrites there are. Being bilingual makes gray matter denser, so you have more cells. And that's an indication of a healthier brain. Being bilingual also affects white matter in the brain. White matter is what allows messages to travel fast and efficiently across this incredible network of nerves that we have into the brain. Being bilingual promotes the integrity of your white matter as you age. It strengthens the connections between them so that communication can happen well among the networks of nerves and in the brain. So that's how bilingualism affects brain functioning and brain matter. Let's look at how this impacts the long-term health of the brain. You might have an idea already that the brain ages and that overall functioning declines with time, but did you know that that starts at the ripe old age of 25 years old? At 25 years old, your brain starts to decline. Working memory, efficiency, processing speed, those kinds of things. But being bilingual puts the brakes on and makes that decline less steep. A bilingual brain can compensate for brain deterioration by using alternative networks and the connections that it's built through its experience in being bilingual. So when original pathways have been destroyed, it has other options, other routes it can take. Researchers call this theory cognitive compensation and say that this occurs because bilingualism promotes the health of both gray and white matter. There's still a lot to learn about how knowing multiple languages affects the brain, but they're currently starting to see if learning a language later in life might help keep Alzheimer's at bay. Many signs point to yes, but more studies need to be done before we can say for sure. I personally am so fascinated by the science of the brain and the complexity and sort of awareness of how the mind works. I really loved reading this article and wanted to share with you what I felt like were the highlights. I'll leave the link to this article in the episode notes. It's called How Second Language Can Boost the Brain from Knowable Magazine. Alrighty, and a little bit of grammar for part two. estar how it's different than the verb ser even though they both mean to be on last week's episode we went over the unique uses of the verb ser and now let's use another little handy acronym to help us remember the times when we need to use estar and that acronym is place the p stands for position the l for location the a for action c for condition and e for emotion Let's start with position. They're referring to actually your physical position. So when I started the episode, I said that estoy sentada en el escritorio improvisado que monté. Right, I'm sitting at this sort of makeshift desk that I made for myself while my desk is on its way here. The P is referring to your physical position, whether you're seated, sentado, if you're a man, or sentada, if you're a girl. Whether you're standing, de pie, o parada, o parado, if you're a man. Or whether you're laying down, estoy recostada, estoy recostado, if you're a man. P is your position. The L stands for location. So at the beginning of the episode I said, estoy en mi apartamento en Ponce, Puerto Rico. I am in my apartment in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Even as beginners in Spanish, we learn ¿Dónde está el baño? ¿Dónde está el baño? Why do we use estar there? Because we're asking where the location of the bathroom is. The only time ser is used with location is when they're referring to an event. They will sometimes say ¿Dónde es la conferencia? Por ejemplo. Where is the conference? Really, most of the time, you're going to use estar with location just want you to be aware of that exception. Moving right along, let's get to the A and like to spend some time on this one. A is for action and by that we're talking about what you're doing. So I'm walking or I was thinking about this or she's cooking or they're eating. So in these situations we need estar but we also need to know how to form the ing ending. I'm walking, I was thinking, she's cooking. They are eating. And here's how it works. A couple episodes back, we talked about what verbs are in their infinitive form. That means they're going to end in an AR or an ER or an IR. For verbs that end in AR, the way you turn it into an ING is cutting off that little AR and making it ANDO. A-N-D-O. So, to walk is caminar. If I wanna say that I am walking, it sounds like, estoy caminando, caminando. The next example I gave you was, I was thinking, another AR verb, pensar. I was thinking of this would be, estaba pensando, pensando en esto. One more example, she is cooking. The verb for to cook is cocinar. Replace your A-R with an A-N-D-O. Está cocinando, means she is cooking. What happens with E-R and I-R verbs? Same formula, cut off their E-R, I-R ending and this time replace it with I-E-N-D-O, yendo. So their eating from the verb comer sounds like están comiendo, están comiendo. How about the verb to write, escribir? If we wanna say that we are writing letters, it sounds like estamos escribiendo cartas. Estamos escribiendo cartas. If you're somebody that wants to be conversational in Spanish, then you wanna get comfortable with this use of estar and changing that second verb afterwards. Think about communicating with your friends and they say, hey, what are you up to? A lot of times your response is going to be, I'm doing X, Y, or Z thing. I'm working. I'm doing homework. I'm hanging out with my friend, etc., etc." With the idea of making the way that you study relevant to how you want to use your Spanish, then think about what are the actions you do day to day. What is it if somebody asks you, hey, what are you up to? How would you answer that? Knowing how to say those things in Spanish are a really good way to practice this use of estar, and is a great way to build daily routine type of vocabulary. Becoming bilingual changes your brain. So as you're starting to go through your day, think about, do I know how to say this action? Can I say this to myself right now? What it is that I'm doing in this moment? What's the verb? How do I say this in a sentence? Estoy caminando, I'm walking. Me estoy lavando las manos, I'm washing my hands. Estoy limpiando, I'm cleaning. Estoy bebiendo agua o cerveza. I'm drinking water or beer, (laughs) I promote both. If being bilingual changes the fabric of your brain, then start to also change the habits of your thinking so that you can create the words, create your life, your actions, your thinking in your second language. Okay, let's keep going. We've looked at the P, L, and A in place, now let's get to C. C is referring to condition, and this could mean your condition, your health. Estoy enferma means I'm sick. El nene está malito. They'll use mal also for sick. Malito to make it a little bit, you know, more affectionate. But it's also referring to the condition of an object. So if you want to say that the window is broken, or the plates are clean, or the house is dirty, all of those are going to use estar. The window is broken. La ventana está rota. Or they also sometimes will use dañada. La ventana está rota, la ventana está dañada. If you want to say that the plates are clean, los platos están limpios. Los platos están limpios. If the house is dirty, la casa está sucia. La casa está sucia. The condition of a person referring to their health condition will use estar and the condition of an object will use estar as well. Lastly, the E in place stands for emotion, which is why we ask, como estas? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Right, it's referring to your emotional state, being tired or being well, being happy, being so-so. These are all emotions that we experience. At the beginning of the episode, I said estoy contenta, estoy feliz, which are two different ways to say happy. I understand that contenta would be more like happy, and feliz is almost a little bit more like excited, happy. Of course, the use of these and the subtleties of them will change country to country, but that's how I understand contenta and feliz to be in a number of different countries. Are you tired? Estás cansada o cansado? Whatever your emotional state might be, you'll use estar to describe it. Remember that in last week i said that ser is used with more permanent qualities and estar is used with more temporary qualities. So your emotional state, how you're feeling, how you're doing is a temporary thing versus using ser to describe yourself, your personality, your character traits, a more permanent way of describing yourself. So think about some of the vocabulary that you can pair with the verb estar in these different uses of estar so that it's relevant to you. If someone were to ask you, hey, what you up to? And you were to say, I'm laying in bed right now. Estoy recostada, estoy acostada, or acostado. To help you solidify your understanding of how to say the position you're in. That P is for position, I use estar to describe that. The location of something. ¿Dónde estás? Where are you? Versus, ¿de dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? is asking you where are you from. ¿Dónde estás? is asking where are you right now, your location. Estoy en mi apartamento en Ponce, Puerto Rico. Gracias por preguntarme because I just love being able to say that. <laughs> if somebody asks you what you up to, ¿qué haces? What's real life vocab you can use to answer that with estar? Estoy trabajando, etc., etc. How about the condition of things? What can you really imagine yourself using? Ah, this place is super nice. Or to say something is worn out, to say something's clean or dirty, right? And then finally, how you would answer, how are you doing, how are you feeling? Do you know how to describe your emotional state, using estar. People often ask me for what the best way to learn is, the best way to study, or the best app, or the best whatever. The best way is not by asking me, or by asking Google, or by trying to figure out the best way to do it. It's just to sit down and start working on something. You find your way by doing it. The only way you get better at Spanish is by sitting down and doing the work, whatever it might be your process will constantly change. But if you feel like you don't even know where to start, then take some of these verbs and pair them with vocab that makes sense. SER and ESTAR, do you know how, just with those two verbs, how many words you can learn? Go back to last week's episode and go through the suggestions I gave you about describing the characteristics of people or yourself. Think about these five uses of ESTAR And if you know vocab that would pair with each one of those uses, that's a good place to start and you can continue to work like that, finding verbs and then thinking about what other vocab you'd need around them. Like being here the other day, I had glass break in the kitchen. I knew how to say escoba and barrer, which are is a broom and to sweep, but I didn't know how to say dustpan and I didn't have a dustpan. I needed one to clean up this glass. Right, Recogedor is at least what works here in Puerto Rico, right? So by saying sweep, I can also use broom, I can also use dustpan as vocab that pairs well with this. You can do that with so many verbs. Do you like to cook? Think about the whole world of vocab you could open up by describing what it is that you cook, the ingredients you use. I suggested this too in the episode where I talked about trying tengo que and voy a, for an entire week, I'm going to do this, I have to do this, and all of the sentences you can create with that. And in the meantime, don't spend so much time trying to figure out the right way, the best way to study. Do the work, the way opens. You learn the way to study, the way to make progress as you do it, not by asking me or by asking Google. Do the work, that's the reason why I'm here and able to have conversations all day long now in Puerto Rico, I already came here bilingual just because I worked on it. I have the same message over and over again, because that's the secret, is do the work. So many of the other anuncios, and ads that you will see on social media will try to sell you the secret to learning a language, the secret to losing weight, the secret to becoming a millionaire. No, (laughs) it doesn't exist. For any of the things that you wanna do in your life, you just have to do it, and then you get better. And then you figure out what works and doesn't work. Sorry that I keep saying the same message over and over again, but it's the one that I stand behind. I'm Carrie Brennan and I approve this message. I will put this handy acronym of PLACE for the uses of Estar in the episode notes. Also you can find the link to that article on how being bilingual affects the brain in the episode notes from today. Please stay in touch. Find me on Instagram at Carrie B, K E R R Y B E underscore. Same thing on TikTok. Find me on Facebook at Spanish with Carrie. That's all I got for today. Thanks for listening.